Thank you for joining us on the Rose Church Podcast, recorded live every week at the Bossa Nova Ballroom in downtown Portland. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit rosechurch.org or follow us on social media at rosechurchpdx. So we're going to pick up later in David's life. David actually already is king. Um, I know that our pastor, Andrew, he's talked about David and his life, and he was actually anointed king as a young boy. We're going to look at 13 to 14 years now later in his life, and he is king. We're going to look at a special situation, a special circumstance that happens with David and Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. So turn with me, if you have your Bibles, to 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 through 13. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. It's probably up on the screen, right? Yep, it's on the screen, so we're good. Or you have your electronic Bibles, right? Yes, a lot of your phones. Good. Let's read 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1 through 13. One day, one day David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? He summoned a man named Ziba, who had, be, who had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba? The king asked. Yes, sir, I am Ziba. Some people might say Ziba, but I say Ziba. There's a lot of kids now with Z names. I don't know why, but <laughs> there just is. Anyways, it's the Bible. So we're, we're talking about Ziba. Ziba replied, the king then asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Ziba replied, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. I want to give you a little context because I want to make sure that we get into the character David, into his mind. And in 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 1 through four, uh, 42, David here is remembering Jonathan's kindness. If you have been following our series and if you've missed it, make sure you jump on our podcast and you guys can catch up. But Jonathan was David's best friend. And Jonathan actually saves David from Saul, which Jonathan uh, had his dad. His dad was Saul. It was his father. But Saul was always jealous of David. And so Jonathan actually ends up saving David's life and finds out that his father was really trying to kill him. And so now David is actually reflecting back in his mind and he's thinking, wow, Jonathan showed kindness to me and now I want to show kindness to someone in Saul's family. That's just a little bit of that context. Let's keep reading verse four. Where is he? The king asked. And Lodabar Ziba told him, at the home of Machir, son of Amuel. So David went for him and brought him from Machir's home. His name was Mephibosheth, a mouthful. <laughs> he was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. David said, greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Don't be afraid, David said. 
I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father. The word kindness, again, this word kindness is actually in the Hebrew, and it means grace. What's grace? Mercy. Undeserved. Freely given. You don't have to work for it. It's free. You can just receive it. That's grace. So I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Verse 8, Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, who is your servant that you should show such kindness, grace to a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him to produce food for your servant's household. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will eat here. Will eat here at my table. Ziba had 15 sons and 22 servants. Ziba replied, yes, my lord, the king, I am your servant and I will do what you have commanded. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table, like one of the king's own son. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. From then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. Oh, I love this verse, verse 13. I love this verse. And Mephibosheth, who was crippled in both feet, lived in Jerusalem and ate regularly at the king's table. If you're taking notes this afternoon, the title of my message is Making Room. Making Room. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, God, for this afternoon. We thank you. It's such a privilege that we get to listen and hear and, and be with you, stay connected with you, God. I just pray that you would open every heart. I pray that you'd open every eye, every ear, Father God, not just physical, but spiritual in this place. And I pray that you would speak to every single one here, including me, including me. God, we surrender this time in this space in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys good? Cheers. Cheers. Pastor Andrew, he started that. Cheers. So I'll do it. Thank you, Austin. Appreciate it. Man. Wow. Um, this afternoon, I, I want to talk about gracious people. I want to talk about what it looks like to be a gracious person, a person that shows kindness and grace. We just read Jonathan, right? Jonathan showed kindness, or we just read David, excuse me. He showed grace and kindness to Jonathan. For my first point, if you're taking down notes, I want to talk about gracious people are looking for the hurting and the broken. Gracious people are looking for the hurting and the broken. I want to read you a story about Thomas Jefferson, our founding father, one of our presidents of the United States. It says, there was a story about Thomas Jefferson. A story was told about a man who needed to cross over into the river, but was too scared to drown. He might be a minority. I do I can't swim that's why I said that so don't take it don't be offended <clears throat> okay a group of men with horses came to cross the river 
He went up to one of them and asked if he would give him a ride across the river. When he got up to the other side, one of the men said to him, I can't believe you chose the president to give you a ride across the river. The man responded, I didn't know he was the president. All I know is some men have yes written on their faces and some have no. That man had yes written on his face. When we look at the story of David, I want to be a person that has yes written on their face. Yes, I want to believe. Yes, I want to pray for you. Yes, I want to encourage you. I, I, I want to be a person of grace, a person that shows kindness and to help others. This holiday season is really tough for some people. It's really challenging. Some people, it's great, but this holiday season might be rough for them. They might be going through some hurt. They might be going through some pain. And it usually, it, it's an inconvenience. Have you noticed that it's usually an inconvenience to show love? It's, it's sometimes it's challenging. It's uncomfortable. And David actually had to go out of his way to find Mephibosheth. He actually summoned him. He, it was an inconvenience for David. I'm sure David was hanging out in his palace, sitting on his throne, hanging out, but he decided, you know what? I'm going to go show this love. I'm going to show this kindness to Mephibosheth. Sometimes it's, it's just an inconvenience to our regular schedule to show that love, that kindness, because people are hurting and people are broken. I want to share this story with you guys, uh, me and my wife, Marari, she's sitting in the front row right now, encouraging me, I'm sure she's praying for me right now. But me and my wife, we were recently married. It was like our first three years of marriage and we're still trying to pick up our life. I think like our first year, we were literally sleeping on a mattress, on the ground, marriage, hello. And uh, it's our first three years of our marriage and uh, we just bought a microwave, right? And uh, we were excited. We, it's, it, we got a bigger microwave because we had a smaller one. And so we decided we're going to get a big microwave. We need to store more food. I'm a big guy. I can hold it down. I can eat. I can eat. I'm about 6'2", 210. Doesn't look like it, but yeah, 210. And so we get this microwave. We get this microwave, and we decide to sell our old microwave. And so I'm a business guy. I use OfferUp, right? So business people, right, use OfferUp. And, and I'm selling this microwave on OfferUp. And people start asking me about the microwave. There's obviously a price. And I start messaging this woman. This woman starts inquiring about this microwave. And she starts uh, telling me she wants to meet me that day to go and sell that microwave so she can buy it. Me and my wife, we literally, we're hanging out at home. I'm exhausted. I'm so tired that I don't want to go anywhere. Uh, it's probably our downtime. It's our chill time. I'm sure Marari is like eating hot Cheetos and a cherry Coke. I'm the more spiritual person and I'm eating almonds or uh, yogurt or something like that. <laughs> But so we're, we're, we're literally hanging out. And so I feel like uh, I just get this random thought. I just get this random thought. 
And I feel like God was telling me, hey, you need to give that microwave for free to this woman and you need to meet this woman today. I said, uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's from God. I'm like, that's, come on, like, I'm hanging out. I'm all good. I don't need to go anywhere. And so I check with the boss again. Not God, Marari. So, anyone? That's how you make your marriage last, guys. That's a free one. That's a free one. That's a free one. So, she's way more spiritual with me, trust me. So, I check with Marari, literally, I check with Marari, and she said, you know what? You need to follow that thought. You need to follow that thought. And so I meet this woman on 82nd and Gleason by the Burgerville parking lot, and I tell her, hey, meet me up here, literally at the Montevilla uh, community. And so I tell her to meet me there. She rolls up with three or four kids in the van, and I'm by myself. I got this microwave, and I'm on 82nd, so it's kind of creepy. <laughs> if you guys know what I mean, if you're from Portland, 82nd, very dangerous. So I'm by myself. Mariah didn't want to come with me. <laughs> She's busy. She needed to refresh herself and fill her cup, guys. So I'm here literally with this woman, and we meet, and I show her the microwave. I tell her it's working. It's great. Uh, here we go. It's free. It's a gift. And she looks at me, and she's like, no, no, no. She keeps insisting and like, hey, I want to I pay for it. And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's on the house. Don't even worry about it. And she keeps on battling with me about this microwave and how she wanted to pay for it. And at first I didn't want to tell her that I heard from God because things get really weird sometimes when you meet people and you say, oh my gosh, I heard from God. And so I finally was like, okay, you know what? The reason why I'm giving you this microwave is because I heard from God and he wanted me to give it to you for free. So it's yours, take it. And then she pauses. It gets really weird and really uncomfortable, and I'm like, what's going on? I have no idea what's about to happen. Then this woman starts telling me why she needed that microwave. She starts telling me that her partner just left her, and she took everything from her. Took the microwave, took the cooking utensils, uh, I mean, took a lot of things from her apartment, and she didn't have a microwave to actually cook food for her kids. And that's why she needed that microwave. And then she keeps on telling me that her mom's been praying for her. She's been telling her to go back to church. She's been telling her, hey, you know, you, you need God. You need to go to church. God's with you. God's for you. And so I use this opportunity, literally, and I ask this lady again, I don't want to make this weird, but can I pray for you? If you don't want me to pray for you now, I'm going to leave and I'm going to pray for you anyways. Right? So I literally have this moment with this young lady, and I'm praying for her, her kids in the van, three or four kids. And I feel like I don't even remember what that prayer was. I don't remember the, the lady's name. All I know is that lady needed grace and that lady needed kindness. Come on. God shows up. By the end of the prayer, we're both weeping. We're both crying. I can feel literally tangible 
God's grace, wrap her arms around her. Wrap her arms around her. And, you know, I, I don't know what happened that day to her, but all I know is that I want to encourage you guys this morning that you guys need to follow that God-inspired thought when you're looking to help and serve people. David had a random thought. He said, hmm, is there someone I can show favor to? Is there someone I can show kindness to? Man, when you have that thought like, hey, what happened to that one person? Or what happened to that one girl? Or what happened to that guy? Or what happened to my, uh, that person that was uh, employed here? Whatever happened, that's, that's, man, that could be God literally speaking to you. And so I want to encourage you to follow those Holy Spirit thoughts that have been dropped by God. For my second point, gracious people are willing to lose so others can gain. Gracious people are willing to lose so others can gain. David actually took his possession, took his land, and gave it to Mephibosheth. He was blessed. He's king, and he, ha- he wanted to give it to someone else. See, we are blessed so that we can be a blessing to other people. When you look at the story of Abraham, right? Abraham in the book of Genesis, God calls Abraham out of the land of the Chaldeans, which is a weird city, and he calls him out, and he's living with his relatives, and he's feeling comfortable, and God says, hey, you know what? David, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to make you, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your house. I'm going to bless and give you uh, land, and I'm going to give you riches. And Abraham decided in that time to go with Lot, which was his nephew. He wanted to share that inheritance, that blessing with Lot. We are called to be a blessing. See, gracious people are willing to give up things in their lives so that it will better other people in their lives. For my third point, if you're taking down notes, gracious people don't care why, they care who. Gracious people don't care why, they care who. In ancient times, when someone was disabled or they had a handicap, uh, they thought, you know what, that person probably sinned or their family members sinned or they did something wrong and that's why they had a handicap. Well, we look back in the Bible and we find out that Mephibosheth, the man who was crippled and now David is helping him out, he was crippled because he was actually dropped when he was very young. He was about five years old and the Bible says that his nurse was actually carrying Mephibosheth when he was five. The nurse was fleeing because Saul just died and Jonathan just died. And now the house of Saul is gone. David's going to come take over. And so this nurse begins to get scared and she takes Mephibosheth and carries him out and then drops him. And so he becomes crippled. See, people uh, are so karma driven. Even our culture, man, this happened to them because they probably did something wrong or they made a mistake or they're broken. We can actually just love people because of who they are and because who their father is, God the Father. We can love people because of who their God is. 
who their father is. I had this thought as I was reading this, uh, this, this message and, you know, reading it and, and practicing, and I just want to read this. Everyone has a story. We are so quick to judge people's addiction, anger, or abuse, but we don't know the why. God knows the why. Our job is to care about the who. That's our job. In my professional experience as a social worker, I come across a lot of people that are hurting, that are broken. When I first meet them, I'm so quick to judge. I'm so quick to judge. And I can't believe that you're here now. What happened? But I also get the privilege to read some psychological evaluations from families' lives. And you begin to read their narrative. You begin to read their, their story, how they were hurting, how they were broken, how it was out of their control. They were just young. We are so quick to judge. Our job is to care about the who. Let's learn to dive deeper into people's life. There's about five or six weeks left of these holidays and we need to show grace and kindness to people. And 1 John chapter 9, verse 1 to 3, Jesus is talking to his disciples and a blind man was there. They pass by a blind man and the disciples ask, Rabbi, Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not this man who sinned or his parents, but that the work of God might be displayed in him. The work of God. God's working in us, guys. God's working with other people around our lives. God is working just like that woman that I met on 82nd and Gleason with a microwave. God was working in that woman. I had no idea that was happening. But the Lord began to speak and, she, and the Lord was already working in that woman. When we look at the story of Mephibosheth, he could do nothing for David. He was crippled. He could do nothing. It was totally one way. Let's love with no strings attached. Let's love with no strings attached. And for my last point, and the band could come up and we're gonna go ahead and, and worship, but anyone feeling encouraged this afternoon? Anyone feeling encouraged? Come on. My last point, gracious people, make room at their table. Gracious people make room at their table. See, 
David already had a family. He had kids. He had aunts and uncles in his house. And he was willing to add another chair in his house, in his kingdom. Don't let your table be too full. Don't let your table be too full. Let other people sit at your table. I want to pray for you guys that we would be a community, that we would make room, that we would be gracious people, that we would show that same kindness, that same grace that God has shown to us. Let's stand up. I want to pray for you guys as we leave. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, Lord, we just, man, you're so amazing, God. I know that you're speaking to hearts here in this place, Father God, Lord. I just pray that we would just be a community of grace, a community of kindness, of mercy, God. That free gift that was already bestowed to us, God, that we can receive because of your son, Jesus, who died on the cross 2,000 years ago for our sin, for our shame, for our shortcomings. God, I pray that you would bless every single person. God, I pray that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear, Father God, that you would open our hearts, God, that we would go looking for the hurting and that we would go looking for the broken, that we would make room at our table, Lord. So, God, we just love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's worship. Thank you for listening to the Rose Church Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. For more information and resources, please visit rosechurch.org or follow us on social media at Rose Church PDX.